Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today uh, is Mr. Ryan Dice. Uh, you don't know it yet, but we actually have royalty in the house uh, today. Ryan Dice, my gosh, uh, the godfather of digital marketing, <laughs> the guy that I've learned so much from over the years, I mean... Way we were just joking out before this interview started. You know, way back before I even knew who digital marketer was, I was meeting Ryan Dice and learning from Ryan Dice all the way back in the. Uh, uh, this might come up at some point. The number one book system days. We're talking about books. It's like the OG, OG, OG uh, business that you guys had. Uh, but it, and it just super. You've probably heard of them. You've probably heard of Digital Marketer or Traffic and Conversion Summit. That was like the first marketing conference that I ever went to. And then uh, um, I'm actually speaking um, this year in January. So uh, uh, grab a ticket for Traffic and Conversion Summit. Um, but he's also the founder and CEO of uh, his new company. It's called The Scalable Company. All right. Uh, he's the author of multiple books. He's been on the podcast in the past. You can check out the past episode. We talked about The Invisible Selling Machine. We also talked about uh, his book, Digital Marketing for Dummies. Um, but he's got a book coming up uh, that we're going to talk about. It's called Get Scalable. The operating system for your business, uh, or sorry, the operating system your business needs to run and scale without you. So, a lot that we can learn from Ryan on the digital marketing side, on the scaling of business side of things. Way more than we'll have time to fit in in uh, thirty or thirty or so minutes, but we're going to try. So, Ryan, welcome. Great to have you here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. And um, I feel like calling me the Godfather. It's it, I get that now. It means I'm old. Um, <laughs> no, it just means you're powerful. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to tell myself tonight. Thank you. Um, you say, honey, they call me the Godfather. It's not because I'm yeah. old. It's because I'm yeah. powerful. Yeah, I'm definitely not not going to get away with any of that in my own house. So. <laughs> no, man. But it, it's great to be here and good to be talking about good to be talking about this stuff. Um, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride, and yeah, I'm an open book. So let's do this thing. Yeah, no pun intended. So why, why publish this upcoming book, Get Scalable? Like, where does this fit in with the business, with your brand, all that stuff? Where, I mean, so it fits in in two ways. One, it's the book that I wish I would have had when I was actually scaling my companies. And so the, you know, I believe the best reason to write a book is because you have something uh, that that needs to be heard. You know, you have something to say. And um and I, I, I've written about marketing. I've, I'm known as a marketer, and so to most of the people, if they if they know my name, if they then then usually they know me as a marketer. The reality is, is that I've kind of been playing a marketer on TV for the past decade or so. Most of my life, most of my 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 working life is spent running companies, and so I don't have a login to our you know Meta account or our Google account or even our CRM or you know I don't have logins to any of this stuff. Like we've got teams that do these kinds of things. And while, you know, I like to think I've still got some good stuff to say on the on the marketing front, on the copywriting front, you know, like I'm not in the trenches anymore. 
I'm running businesses and I'm and I'm running companies. And so this is my life, but I hadn't really taught or shared a whole lot about that side of the business. And yet, you know, for running digital marketer for 13 plus years, teaching people how to grow, what I realized is that growth creates a new problem and that problem is called scale. And so one, I was excited to do it because it's I've all I've ever wanted to do is talk about what I was doing. That's all I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, in the early days of digital marketer, all I was doing was sharing what we were doing that was actually working. Um, I've never been about, um, you know, researching or theorizing or, you know, running academic studies. All I've ever done is say is do stuff and then talk about it. But I hadn't talked about this because I felt like, ah, but I'm a marketer. So it was kind of tough. I mean, it really took the pandemic. It took COVID for me to be like, you know what, screw it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's time to kind of share to the world what I've been working on for really the past decade or so and all the stuff that I wish I knew. Mm -hmm. And, And and the things that we get asked, you know, the questions that we get asked because growth creates a new problem. So that was kind of the first reason for the book. The second reason is, you know, in 2016, and I'm only just now talking about this. Um, in 2016, I had not one, not two, but three different companies hit the Inc. Uh, 505,000 lists in the same year. So not one company, multiple years in a row, but three different companies in our You're portfolio. Like LeBron James, man. Not one, not two, yeah, not, not two, three. But three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it sounds cool. And when I when I when I'm speaking somewhere they'll be like, "Oh, multi ink 500 and it sounds really cool." Here's the reality of that. Um of those three companies, one of them did incredibly well. Continued to grow, continued to scale, had some spinouts and some exits and did really great. Another one, uh, the the business partner that we had, the founder, the operator of that business couldn't get out of their own way, and that company was sold in 2021 basically for scraps to our number one competitor. And that was a software uh, as a service business in the real estate space. Uh, so you're talking about a massive opportunity squandered mm. because we didn't know how to scale. Mm. We knew how to grow, but we didn't know how to scale. And then the third business, the business that was actually ranked higher than any of the other companies on the Inc. 500 list, um, out of all of our businesses, within six months of appearing on the list, we had lost $2 million and we had uh, had to lay off 180 people because we didn't know how to scale. And so realizing that growth is not scale and scale (laughs) is not growth, um, you know, I knew it was an important topic to talk about. And in doing some research, I found out that, um, you know, Two-thirds, two-thirds of the companies that make the Inc. 5000 list fail within five years. Two-thirds, man. That's worse. That's a worse failure rate than non-Inc. 5000 companies. (laughs) So for all of those reasons why I'm a growth guy, I'm a marketing guy, I'm a sales guy, I knew that growth wasn't enough. You know, we had to address the problems of scale. And so that's what I wanted to do with this book. That's crazy. I, I, I guess... In a lot of cases, the faster it goes up, the faster it goes down. And my brother always talked about, uh, uh, I think you know this, Ryan, uh, 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 for listeners who don't, uh, like my brother plays in a pretty well-known rock and roll band and they felt like they never got a break. And it took, you know, it's like the classic 10-year overnight success. And he Mm -hmm. always told me, he's like, the longer it takes to build it, the longer it'll last. Because your foundation is just so much um, deeper and stronger and all that stuff. What... It, it, uh, let's zoom out for just a second, um, Ryan. What um, for those people who don't know, what's the cliff note, like big picture version of the scalable company, and how long have you been working on this company? Sure. So at, at its core, the scalable company helps entrepreneurial founder-led businesses install operating systems so that the founder can achieve their ideal exit. 
So we're very kind of specific in particular on what we mean by an operating system. It's not just a meeting rhythm. It's not just here's how to set goals. You know, so many of these business books that are out there, like, you're like, oh, you need to have systems in your business. So it's like, oh, so I need to have a couple of checklists, set some goals and do some meetings. That's a part of it. But my <laughs> God, it's not even close to most of it. Um, and anybody who's tried, who's read some of these books and tried to do some of these things know that it just doesn't work like they say All it right. does. Um, so we want to work with entrepreneurs directly to install these operating systems in the business so that the founder can achieve, like I said, what we refer to as their ideal exit. That could be um, exiting kind of the staff role and becoming a true CEO. Because a lot of entrepreneurs have the CEO title, but they function like a manager. <laughs> they are not functioning like a CEO, not like a CEO should. Um, it could be exiting the org chart completely, bringing in a president, a general manager, a CEO, a, a CEO to run the day-to-day and you only have your one direct report. It could be exiting the business completely. And, and so that's what the scalable company does. And we work really closely with our clients. I mean, so it's it's kind of a pain in the butt because it's a pure services-based business. Like mm-hmm. it's not just a course business. It's mm-hmm. not a, you know, a, a group coaching business. It is a more kind of one-on-one. But to tell a dirty little secret, the whole reason we launched the scalable company, it's basically a front for private equity investments. You know, at this stage in the game, I'm kind of done doing new startups and things like that. We mm-hmm. want to identify business owners and entrepreneurs that we can uh, partner with, uh, invest in. And so a lot of this is just our opportunity to kind of get paid to do due diligence. So that's right. the Cliff's Note version of what Scalable is. Oh, wow. That's super smart. I like that a lot. So is there, what's your ideal customer look like? Is that based on a revenue amount or is that something else? Uh, so it's usually based on, yeah, so revenue is definitely a component. What we find is that most businesses start entering what we call the swamp of scale at around $2 million in revenue. And it's really painful at like three to five. Like at three to $5 million in revenue, that is when you're sort of in that messy middle. You're in the swamp of scale. You're too big to be small, too small to be big. And you kind of have a choice to make. You either need to kind of punt a little bit retreat a little bit, systemize some things, and just have you and a very small core team and sort of stay in the million to $3 million range. Have a boutique style business. Some would call it a lifestyle business. That term is used very pejoratively. I think it's great. I think as an entrepreneur, the perk is you can decide. Like, what do you want mm-hmm. your business to be? It's up to you. The mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is we set about the, the journey that is scale without having a map on that. And we assume that the everything that we had to go from zero to one or zero to 10, that that same stuff is going to take us up you know, farther. We assume that it's one ever ascending mountain. And, and in reality, it's two mountains. There's the first mountain, which is loosely you know, zero to a million, $2 million. But then what it takes if you want to basically go from seven to eight figures. And then by the way, it happens again. It, we find it happens on the ones and the threes. So you got a million and about 3 million, you got 10 million and about 30 million shows up again, kind of, you know, between 80 and hundred million. There are certain areas where the thing that got you here ain't going to get you there. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan.
All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. And that sounds cliche. There's a book by the same title because it's just true. And it just shows up. So our ideal uh, client is somebody who is in that messy middle, in that swamp of scale. And I'd say they're our ideal client because they're feeling the pain. And usually you start to sense this when you get to like 10-ish employees, because that's when you kind of can't just manage through, you know, individual conversations. You know, I mean, it, you're Sheer like- Sheer will and charisma. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like it's it's kind of starting to become a mess. What we would rather do, so that's our ideal from, from like a sales and marketing perspective, because they're in mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. In reality, at between half a million to a million, if people would start to address some of these issues, then they would actually be able to scale much faster without the pain. But nobody right. does that. Right. right. Nobody it's, does. It's very hard to convince somebody at that stage that this is what they need. They're just like, grow, 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 grow. Um, I don't want my vitamins, yeah. but I will yep. talk to you in about a million and a half in revenue when I need my pain pills. <laughs> That's exactly it. So. That's funny. Uh, well, I guess it, it, tying back to this book, it almost, oh, when did you start this company? So this company was was envisioned at, so let me backtrack. So we, I've always owned a number of different businesses, call it entrepreneurial ADHD or whatever. I've never done just one thing. Um, and again, that's one of those other things that people think is like really cool. In reality, I probably would be a lot wealthier had I just focused. It just isn't as much fun. It's not who I am. Um, so I enjoy building holding companies and stuff like that. I always have. And so we had a portfolio of businesses that a lot of them were in uh, consumer e-commerce, uh, consumer media, um, we had events companies. So we had a number of different businesses in our portfolio and we began to exit a lot of these businesses in 2018 and 2019. So like you mentioned traffic and conversion summit, we sold a a majority stake in traffic and conversion summit to an events company that's owned by Blackstone, right? Along with a number of other ones. So we were sitting there at the end of 2019 thinking to ourselves, okay, all we really had left was digital marketer. And I didn't want to sell digital marketer, you know, and people like, oh, that's your baby. No, it is, it's a good platform business, you know, mm. out of digital marketer, many other businesses can be launched. So you don't, oh, you know, I most see. of what we do, it's a goose and eggs model. So I will sell the eggs. I don't want to sell the goose. And so digital yeah. marketer was a goose. These media publishing companies, the brand companies, you know, have a lot of value beyond what they might be valued in the marketplace. So we had this business and it was, okay, now what do we want to do? Um, what do we want to do next? Like, what's the next big thing? And what I wanted to do was kind of build what we had at Digital Marketer for those next level entrepreneurs at Scalable. So I remember announcing to the entire team in December of 2019, you know, 2020, we're going to be coming out there. We're launching this new business, the Scalable Company. And it's going to be a new holding company. And we're going to be, you know, basically doing what we did before in this, but in B2B, it's going to be amazing. And I'll see you all next year. And, you know, we kind of got started on some stuff. Obviously, the pandemic happened. And um, I think like a lot of people, I sort of panicked. I hit the freak out button. I didn't know mm-hmm. what it meant, but I knew, but like, you know, in retrospect, had we just continued doing what we were doing, it would have been fine. But I was like, okay, now is not the time to do something new. Right. Now is right. the time to to focus, you know, to make sure that, that the team is going to be okay. And so technically it launched in 2020, you know, we yeah. sort of rolled it out at the end of 2020. Really, we didn't get it going in any real form or fashion until 2021. And then I made the stupidest mistake ever. I didn't follow my own advice from my own freaking book. 
I decided that I got to skip steps because I'm smart and I've done this before. Mm -hmm. And so I basically spent 2021 and the first quarter of 2022, you know, treating this startup like it was a scale up, you know, and over operationalizing and overdoing all this stuff when I should have just been running the playbooks that I know to run. So that was kind of a good lesson. It's now nice to be on the other side of that and actually building operating systems for the operating system company. Mm, Yeah, it's a good takeaway. I want, so, all right, 2021, the book, the book, or sorry, the, the business, uh, kind of really gets going, I guess. Do you see this as kind of a, well, actually, no, hold on. I want to ask some questions around the book stuff, but I want to take a step back. You said the, uh, you called it, what did you say? Uh, goose and eggs, uh, or the, like a platform business. What, what makes a platform business versus not? How do you look at that? Sure. So a platform business is a business that can easily birth other businesses. And so uh, I use the kind of the goose and eggs analogy. Let me use a different analogy. I hate to mix metaphors, but here you go. You're smart. And I think your listeners are smart. You'll be able to to keep up. Um, So another way to think about it is like a solar system. So at the center, we have our holding company. Okay. And our holding company, think about that like the sun. And so the holding company, it basically just holds our interest in these other businesses. There's not there's not really a lot of assets sitting there except for our kind of general awesomeness, right? Mine and my business partners, like the knowledge <laughs> that, that we do, I guess to a certain extent, you know, rests in that holding company. But the holding company doesn't have brands. It doesn't have IP. It doesn't have, you know, any of that traditional. It's just an entity that holds other entities. Now we've got a management company that's connected to it that handles all of the payroll and finance and accounting across all of our other companies. But in general... It's, it's not building and, and creating a lot of unique value. The value creation happens at the planet level. And so at the planet, that's where we're thinking about what are these platform companies that can very easily birth other brands. So think about those as moons. So let me give you an example of Digital Marketer. So mm-hmm. Digital Marketer was a planet. And orbiting around Digital Marketer was a moon called Traffic and Conversion Summit. There are also certifications, you know, which is a separate thing. And there's a licensed practitioner. Any one of these moons could get, if they got big enough, eventually spin out and and kind of become their own planet, mm-hmm. right? And so what we're happy to do is to sell off the moons, but the planets themselves, if they have the ability to create new moons, because they're media and they're publishing, we don't necessarily want to sell that. And so the scalable company is another platform, you know, business that not only do we have the ability to create oh, yeah. additional moons, but we can also acquire them in. Private equity spinoffs. Yeah. Thank you. So are all, it's, I guess like it's the, it's the, is a square or rectangle, rectangle or square, or like one can be the one, but not the other. Like are all platform businesses in your eyes, like media and publishing businesses, or that just happens to be the type of platform business that digital marketer is? They don't have to be, it's the business model that lends itself to it the best, because if you think about it. At, at its core, any business has to solve the, the, the first challenge that any business needs to solve is the aggregation of attention, right? That is, that is truly the first, a lot of people think, oh, I mean, I've got to come up with a product or something to sell. Uh, you do, um, and, and certainly you need to know that you can deliver value, but if, if you can aggregate attention, then you can monetize that attention. With, if you never create a product or a service, you can monetize that attention in simplest form in, through advertising. Right. Right. And so the the most critical business challenge 
that, that must be solved is the aggregation of attention. And you're either going to do that in the form of advertising where you're basically paying somebody else who's aggregated the attention, or you're going to aggregate your own attention or a combination of both. And so platform companies that are, that are both aggregating attention and monetizing attention, they just become this like, I mean, truly there's a lot of mass there and it can suck other things into it. Um, and so if you think about Procter and Gamble, for example, you know, P&G, basically, if you look at, at just about any consumer brand that's on any shelf in any grocery store, it's probably owned by Procter and Gamble. So what is the attention that they've aggregated? They've aggregated the attention of the buyer reps at all the major retailers. So P&G comes out with another product and, you know, yeah, they've got great advertising relationships and things like that. But what they can do is call up, you know, all the largest grocery stores and Walmart and say, hey, um, so this, you know, the this the, right next to the dial soap, we want you to take, you know, the two inches next to it and put slot this product in as well. Mm-hmm. Boom, instant distribution. Mm-hmm. So now is P&G a media company? No, that's why I'm using that as an example of one that doesn't. It doesn't have to, but mm-hmm. a, a platform business is any business that is effectively aggregating and monetizing attention such that it is becoming its own kind of self-fulfilling uh, engine. Uh, but more times than not, it looks like media. Um, most of the brands that you see out there, like The Rock and people like that, they're um, that have that have launched and George Clooney, right? Who've launched whether it's like liquor brands, Ryan Reynolds, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, men, like he's the planet. Got it. That's kind of the cool thing that you're seeing happening with a lot of yep. these celebrities. They're realizing, holy crap, I've aggregated all this attention. Why monetize my attention through yep. movie deals exclusively? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I can have that company that my management company that does that. Why not also have my own brands and create multiple planets swirling around? And creating influencer brands that are not, that don't, aren't necessarily tied to the name, which I feel like is one of the I've obviously learned a lot from you over the years, man. I feel like that's one of the early things was, is you talked about, Hey, don't, don't tie your company to your name. It's like early days. It was the Ryan Dice show. Then it became digital marketer and digital marketer was, was very front and center. And then obviously now building a brand on uh, as scalable, like it, 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 I, it's been cool to see that evolution. And now it feels like that's catching very mainstream with all the influences you're talking about, like these platform businesses, they're realizing like, okay, I don't need to create this under my name. In fact, it's going to be way more valuable if I don't, and I can use my name and my influence to create this, uh, this moon or whatever, but you know, it's, it's not necessarily tied to, to them. I want to, you know, maybe finally circle back to this book. (laughs) This is, this is a really fun turn out on the business stuff. Uh, do you do you see this as almost like a reinvention? Like I, I, something you keep you, you mentioned at the very beginning of this uh, our chat was people still t- talk to talk to me like or refer to me as like the digital marketer guy or the marketing guy. Is this book almost like a public coming out party of like hey scalable like almost like a something that you're using to reinvent and change the narrative or is that a misread? Yeah, a little bit. It, so I don't want to completely lose the marketing aspect of it. Um, and, and so rather than a pivot, I almost see it more as a maturation um, because that's how it is for me, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that, that marketing is bad. Don't call me a marketer. Like I'm not, um, yeah. you know, in, in, in no way, shape or form am I, uh, you know, am I ashamed of, you know, my marketing past, right? Um, <laughs> some of my favorite people on planet Earth. So, so it's not, it's not one of these things like, 
you know, you got Matthew McConaughey that had to completely slough off his like rom-com image. (laughs) Right. That's not this, right. That's not this. Like I'm happy to still do the rom-coms. And so uh, what it is, it's more trying to expose people who already know me um, as saying like, I can do this now too. Like I can help you in this area as well. And so the people who already know, like, and trust me, the people who've gotten benefit from, you know, my, my, my teaching and, and, you know, models and frameworks on the digital marketer side, they're going like, oh, holy crap. Like you can help with this too. Yeah, I can. Great. Mm. What it is really doing though is opening us up to a, to a new audience that we didn't have before. And so the majority of the leads, uh, the majority of like the conversations that our team is having with people, they don't know who Ryan Dice is. And I'm throwing up the air quotes because mm-hmm. speaking for those of you who are just listening, because speaking of yourself <laughs> is freaking douchey. Um, they don't know who Ryan Dice is. They don't, they don't necessarily know or care about digital marketer. Um, and so I think that we're accomplishing um a bit of a of a broadening of the audience for the people who do know the Ryan Dice and the digital marketer brand, while at the same time bringing in and attracting a totally new audience. But yeah, I mean to you and I'll have to tell you this, man, you're the master of this. The best way to plant a flag is with a book. Mm-hmm. There's almost no better way to do it than, yeah. than with a book. So, mm-hmm. so yes, it is serving that purpose. Cool. And for those who want to hear about uh, planting that flag for previous businesses, go back to our previous uh, interview. We talked about, it was really interesting, the invisible selling machine. Like when we talked about how you created that book, and I still talk about that interview, how you did the multiple webinars and you catered to what worked well for you, which was creating webinars and then using that to create chapters and stuff like that. But I mean, that's been an anchor point and then maybe less so, but to some extent, digital marketing for dummies is uh, probably more of a brand play. Uh, But I guess when it comes to launching um, the scalable book, like how are you launching this and, and what are you changing kind of based on what you've learned from previous books? So I'm not launching it and this is kind of strategic and you can tell me if you think this is stupid or not. So I'm on the record. We don't have results yet. But when I was going back and doing research on the business books that have performed the best, the ones that make the list, and it goes back to what you said, your brother's comment, right? Building that foundation. There are so many people I know who have come out and have launched their book into a group of people that nobody knew who they were, and they got a bunch of sales, and then it was done. Um, I remember back again this helps like going the godfather thing so i remember when tim ferris first launched the four-hour work week right i was one of the people who tim cold emailed and was like oh i would love for you to you know talk about my book and do this kind of stuff and i'm you know i'm I'm, yeah he held like a special event and invited me and a bunch of folks out you know out for it like again this a hundred years ago um but the magic of that launch, and you've seen this with some other books that have come around, Hormozy with this, Alex Hormozy with this first book, uh, $100 million offers. It was the same thing with that. Um, it was the kind of book that had a unique hook, had a unique twist, and people were excited to share it because we knew about something that nobody else knew about. And it was kind of everybody's dirty little secret that we then got to share. So it actually increased the status to know about this book when other people don't. And and when I've seen books, you know, come out that have done well, it was more of a like grassroots type thing. It, It was because not everybody knew about it at the same time, the recommendation of the book 
was an increase of status on the part of, uh, on the, part of the person who's recommending it. Mm-hmm. Now compare that to when Tim came out and launched, I think, For Our Body. Well, that was this massive campaign and this whole big production, which made sense. He had the audience to support it. But at that point, if I was going to recommend The Four Hour Body to somebody, I'd seem like a freaking idiot. Like, of course, I've heard of that book. It was everywhere. <laughs> so there's no uh, there, there's no social benefit hmm. in recommendation. And I wanted to write a book that would be recommended. I wanted to write a book that would be referred. I wanted to write a book that if somebody said, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of struggling, we're sort of stuck, I need to you know, improve my operating you know, system. Somebody say, oh, well, Get Scalable is the book if you want to get scalable, mm-hmm. right? It was why the title, like I can write sexier titles than that, but I wanted it to speak to the end result. And I wanted it, the, the entire marketing strategy is how do we drive referrals? How do we drive you know, references and, you know, you should check this out. And so this launch is going to take place over the next 12 to 18 months. I want it to be everybody's dirty little secret for a good long while. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you, how do you practically do that? Um, obviously write a great book, uh, kind of the first step, but is there anything that you're doing kind of to make sure that the grassroots long tail thing is really good? Yeah. I mean, stuff like what we're doing right now, you know? So, I mean, I want to be on, I want to be on a number of podcasts talking about this. I mean, and your audience is authors. So, I mean, we can we can get a little bit meta with this stuff, but I'm not sending out a ton of emails about this book. I've got a big email list, many of them, but I don't want to do massive email blasts you know, about this book. I would much rather people find out about it through somebody else. And then they get kind of reintroduced to me, even the people on my own list. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it, it's going out. It's Man, it's blocking and tackling. It's a lot of freaking work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to be, you know, doing a hundred different podcasts and interviews over the next 12 months. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of work, mm-hmm. but that's what I believe will allow it to gain traction within different audiences if the book is worthy. And I okay. believe it's why I've tried really, really hard to write a great book that somebody, you know, when they recommend it to somebody else, the the person is going to be like, thank you so much. This is amazing. This is exactly what I needed. This is better than, you know, even what I thought it was going to be. So step one, like you said, yeah, is to write a great book um, because that's the kind of book that somebody is feels enthusiastic about recommending. And I wanted to write a book that was designed to be recommended, Got which it. I think is a good strategy when you're creating your first book in a new market. Mm-hmm. some point when you got a big audience, go nuts. But right. that's kind of that strategy. That makes sense. And it's something that Hal Elrod talks about is you know, uh, building virality or, or kind of a recommendation engine inside of your book. Right. And his take, which is, is interesting and different and, and not really applicable for a lot of people. Um, but his take is, okay, can you change behavior in a meaningful way? Obviously with the miracle morning, it's through a morning routine. And then that is such an anchor point that when people talk about or reference or whatever, they point back to that thing and then he builds virality into the book itself by saying, hey, the best way to implement your Miracle Morning is to have somebody else do it with you for 30 days and get and make sure they get a copy of the book, right? So it's like, how do you turn one book into three purchases or whatever else? Which I think it's re- why I really like this category of book that you're writing, because this is the perfect type of book that a CEO reads and then buys for their whole company. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how... You know, it's like we've seen businesses get built on the back of it, back into these books. It's like scaling up, uh, traction, 
profit first, like teach a methodology and then you, you market to the CEO and then market to the CEO through kind of grassroots, what you're saying, like CEO to CEO, like, Hey, I want to increase my status. Hey, Ryan, have you heard of this get scalable book? Wink, wink. Don't tell anyone. I think you're going to really like it. And then you buy it, read it, buy it for your whole team. Is there anything that you embedded in the book or in the market grassroots blocking and tackling marketing that you feel like will grease the wheels of that, of that shareability? So I don't know that we did a great job within the book of doing things to increase the shareability because I actually wanted the emphasis in the book. So, so much of this book is built around our tool set. Um, and, and literally like what is in this book in the, in the, like in the flap of the book, like inside here, it's like, okay, you know, here's, here's all of our tools, right? The tools that are in that book and this book is what I would have sold in the past for 2000 bucks. If this were another one, like that tool set and the videos around it, no joke as a course could, and you know, some would say should be sold for, you know, a $2,000 thing. I'm giving it away in the book because what we want to generate is inbound lead flow from book readers. Because I know the book readers are the most likely to implement, the people who are the most mm-hmm. likely to implement, because what we want, man, first and foremost, are deals. So we want mm-hmm. deal flow. I'm not trying to turn this book into an international bestseller because going back to the ideal client profile, there's um, you know 5.91 million businesses in the US that have more than one employee, but less than a hundred. So that's kind of the TAM for this book. It's the total addressable market for this book. It, it's a lot, but compared to like a diet book where the total addressable market is about 8 billion people, um, it's less. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mostly interested in getting the right people reading it in their own time. And so mm-hmm. the way to accomplish that is sort of to hold, hold back and have it be the right person's dirty little secret. But what you said is dead on. Um, we're already getting people buying, you know, who pre-bought because it doesn't come out until December 5th. But people who have kind of pre-bought it are coming in and saying, can I buy a case of books? I want to, you know, hand these out to the team. We want to execute this whole thing, uh, as well as our, we're building an army of licensed practitioners. So people who we've licensed on this methodology who are going to go out and take it into different businesses and, you know, they're buying multiple copies of the book to hand out as well. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's cool. And I'm looking on the site I, and I'm seeing tools like the CEO dashboard, growth engine builder, expense ratio analyzer, 12Q uh, planning canvas. Is, are those the type of tools that you're mentioning that are like embedded throughout the book? Yep. Cool. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, you just go to the thing and download it. Like, there you go. And it's weird for me, right? Because I mean, I've cut my teeth and, and so much of my career has been selling courses and IP. Mm-hmm. So to package this stuff up and say, now nah, we're going to give it away. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't want any friction between the people reading the concept and then getting in and starting to use it. Because to your point, habit changes everything. And if we can get people to start utilizing the tools and getting results, that's when they'll talk. That's when they'll share. So I guess that's, I mean, I guess we did maybe that, Mm -hmm. that maybe is where the shareability comes into play. Hey, you should check out this tool. I got it from the book. The tools and the worksheets, right? You give away the tools and the worksheets and, uh, and you sell the execution help, right? And yeah, which, which makes a lot of sense. And I, and I hate to bring this up because I don't know if this is like a good comparison or not, but it's just like other business growing books in the scaling world that I've read in the past. It's like, they've got the worksheets 
and I start doing them on a certain bet. And then you put it in your team rhythms. And even to this day that I'd have CEOs like, Hey, what's that? You turn that thing into like a Google doc. Can you send me that? And just, and then they get it and then they read the book and then they buy the team. But, and so it just like, it really creates that grassroots virality, which I think is uh, kind of what you're going for here. I want to go a uh, couple quick questions and then we'll wrap up. First one, uh, would be, I want to, we got a, a question from one of our listeners, Rob, uh, says, uh, do you have any advice on promoting a book when you, uh, when you may not have a huge existing platform or following? So I'm not Ryan Dice and you've kind of already talked about this. You may have already yeah. answered this, but yeah. What, what's your take? I mean, so I, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think, um, like, so we're going to be making a significant investment in, uh, in Amazon ads. So we're going to advertise. And a lot of people think like, oh, I don't have a big audience. Okay, buy it. Like go advertise. I have a big audience and a big list because we spend a lot of money on advertising. Um, and and then figure out how to, you'll figure out how to monetize it. You spend the money, you'll figure out how to monetize it. So um, so that is that is the first thing I would do. Uh, and then also, yeah, doing everything that you can to get on, uh, to get on podcasts with the right type of people. Like, so I'm not, I'm not trying to get on you know, do, do interviews with people who maybe have the biggest audiences. I want the right kind of people who, who I think will actually read the book and, you know, and consume it and try to be intentional about where do I start and then where do, you know, where do we, we finish up. But I think, you know, I am not the playbook on book sales that, you know, you got the thing for that, but I just, everybody underrates advertising and I would advertise the bejesus out of the book. And then just, I think the decision to make is, do you want to advertise it and sell it yourself so you get the lead and you can do a book funnel and all that other stuff? Or do you want to advertise it to drive sales on a platform like Amazon? Uh, mm -hmm. We're choosing to drive the, you know, we're choosing to do both because we have the resources to do both. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick, I would probably pick trying to drive, you know, doing some basic uh, Amazon ad spend and getting on those, getting on those podcasts. Uh, but if I were just getting started, and I needed to make some money to put back in. I'd sell the book direct from my own site get them in my funnel, right. sell them higher ticket services and use that to fuel kind of more the brand play and the expansion. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I mean, you also have the ability to do that because if I'm not mistaken, you're essentially self-publishing this, but through your brand. And so through your media, you're basically publishing it through your media company. So you own all, all the rights and everything. So you have the ability to do book funnels around it, to sell on Amazon, to kind of do whatever Correct. you want. And that, yeah, nice. And I've done published books, man. I mean, there's a place for it. But I would way rather have the control than the advance. So, <laughs> wow, that's so good. I've I've heard a lot of ways. I've heard it put a lot of ways. I've never heard it put that way. That's good. I like yeah. that. Cool. Um, well, guys, if you want to submit a question or a guest idea for the future, um, just comment on this video on the YouTube channel or submit a review on the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts with your question or guest that you want to see uh, on the podcast. Uh, Ryan, closing question. What would be uh, your parting piece of advice for someone who's thinking about writing a book, kind of knowing what you know now, uh, doing it to start a platform uh, or to scale your platform company? What would be kind of your parting piece of advice? I wouldn't wait to start talking about the stuff until you write the book. And so every book that I've ever written began life. I mean, you mentioned the Invisible Selling Machine. I mean, that began life as a, as a webinar and a series of webinars. Um, the, you know, plenty of people, you know, back in the day blogged first, I think it's important to get ideas out there into the world and to let those ideas get kind of beat up. 
Let them get slapped around a little bit. Um, have people disagree with you and see how you can defend them. Um, you know, have, have people express uncertainty or confusion and, and you know, come and, and like talk to them and, and follow up and they're like, oh, and see their, their eyes light up. So I believe that certainly if we're talking about nonfiction books, I think that every book should begin as a talk, as a webinar. It's the idea. The power of the book is in the power of the idea. And the idea is only as good as the, you know, as the feedback that you've received by putting it out there into the world. So please don't hold it back like it's something uber ultra precious. Nobody remembers the world doesn't, you know, like don't don't just have this as like some precious artifact that that you want to put out there. Just writing is creating. Um, and there's nothing I've done that's that's harder than writing a freaking book. Um, it's just like I'm I'm a perfectionist and I pain over everything. I cannot imagine if I was trying to just sit there and start from a blank page. It wouldn't get done. So no blank pages. Start getting your ideas out there. Let the world smack them around. Don't take it personally. Be appreciative of the feedback. Get better from it. And then um, when you still don't think you're ready, write the book anyway. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, guys, grab a copy of the book. It's called Get Scalable, The Operating System Your Business Needs to Run and Scale Without You. Um, by the time you're watching or listening to this, it just came out. Uh, or maybe you're listening to this way after this podcast was released. And it's definitely out then. Grab a copy. Ryan, where can people go to get a copy of the book or to find out more about the scalable company or whatever would be most helpful? Yeah, so the uh, the book will be, you know, links and all the stuff to Amazon. I mean, so... There's a, there's a little website called amazon.com. It sells books. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, but yeah, hopefully if you go to amazon.com and typed in, type in get scalable, it'll show up there. Uh, Getscalable.com is going to be the book site. But if you want help actually implementing the stuff in the book, I mean, there's links inside the book about that. But but the, the main corporate site for the company itself is scalable.co. Wish we could have got the .com, but didn't. But scalable.co is uh, where you can go to learn, see more about what we're doing on the scalable front. Cool. That's awesome. Ryan, you're the man. Thank you, sir. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode all right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that. I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right. All you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step. So how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.